Welcome to the English Language Institute of Singapore's podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Ang. This is the second episode of a four-part series on the developments in English language teaching and learning in Singapore from the 1950s to the present. In this podcast series, Dr. Tay Mei Yin, Principal Master Teacher, highlights to us through her conversations with three English language educators that amidst the changes in the focus and approaches to the teaching and learning of English language through the decades, there has been continuity. In this series, you can listen to her conversations with Mrs. Cecil Tan, Dr. Christina Ratnam, and Mrs. Rebecca Mock, all of whom have taught English language to different profiles of students in Singapore classrooms. We hope that this series inspires you to think about what it means to teach students English language. Hello, Dr. Tay. Hello, Audrey. Dr. Tay, in episode one, you had highlighted that the importance of oracy development in our students has been a key emphasis in the teaching and learning of English language through the decades in Singapore. Ah, yes. How about we revisit what Cecil had to say during my interview with her for the benefit of listeners who may not have tuned into episode one. You were an English teacher all the way till 1994. And in all these years as an English language teacher, what has been your lasting memories of teaching English? Being able to coax the children to speak. Because that's the only way you discover whether they are managing whether they understand and they can communicate. So it's interesting to me, Cecil, that you refer to speaking. Do you think that speaking is a far more important skill than writing? Definitely so, because it will get the child to gain confidence. Without that confidence, I think you can do little about expressing yourself. I concentrated more on speech at the start. Definitely, I think speech, more than anything else, is most important. I'm amazed. Mrs. Tan was already prioritizing the teaching of oracy in a classroom all the way back in the 1950s. And the very fact is, now, many years later, we continue to focus on oracy development. It is indeed a perennial evergreen in English language teaching and learning. I must confess, though, that in our teaching of English language, we are inclined to focus on the teaching or writing. We focus on oracy development only closer to the examinations. This tends to be the usual practice, Audrey. As teachers of English language in Singapore, I think we must realize that there has been a long history of oracy development advocated in our English language syllabuses and curriculum since the 1950s. In fact, from the 1950s to the 60s, the English language syllabus at the primary and secondary levels emphasized grammar and literary appreciation. While grammar was the main focus of language practice, it was balanced by reading, written English, speech training, poetry, drama, storytelling, spelling and dictation. The development of oral skills, reinforced by repetition and drill and practice, and oral English activities. 
The same can be said for the decade of the 1970s. The English language syllabus then detailed guidelines and suggestions on how to ensure students' mastery of grammar and syntax, but also made clear the value of oral language development through literary enrichment. It listed the use of poetry, storybooks, good oral reading by the teacher, choral reading, and educational drama in the form of mime and role play. This is new learning for me that there has long been a focus on oracy development in the planned curriculum. Yes, in fact, the emphasis on oracy development continued in the decade of the 1980s. The aims of language teaching were to enable students to acquire the basic skills of listening, speaking, reading, and writing to achieve functional literacy for the study of content area subjects, as well as to attain a proficiency level for effective communication. Listening skills were listed in a separate syllabus, which drives home the point of how important the teaching of listening is. Now, the same emphasis on oracy development continued into the 1990s. The principles of communicative language teaching were incorporated into the 1991 syllabus, with the expectation that students learn to use English language creatively and meaningfully through collaboration and interaction. Now, into the decade of the 2000s, the aim of the syllabuses of 2001 and 2010 was language use for effective communication, so that students can communicate effectively. Effective communication refers to students being able to interact well with each other in oral communication, and not merely being good writers and readers. The 2020 syllabus specifically states that the foundation of language learning will be strengthened through a greater focus on oral communication, using. Show and tell, debates, speech and drama, and oral presentations for all levels and courses, and to also give opportunities for students to engage in producing a variety of multimodal texts to represent ideas. Audrey, why do you think we have this continued emphasis on oracy development in the English language syllabuses and curriculum? That we as teachers of English language must prioritize the teaching of oracy. Our students have to cope with the many communicative demands that they face in a highly multiliterate English language teaching learning landscape. Absolutely, we must recognize the centrality of talk in the learning process. The English language syllabus 2020 states this: first, that language learning is. Deepened through exploratory talk, including inquiry through dialogue, ITD for short, and second, that when students are involved in inquiry, which is a process of knowledge construction through collaborative 
peer discussion, interaction, and feedback. They learn firsthand for themselves as they co-construct and use language purposefully. You know, Audrey, I had an awakening during my conversation with Cecil that inquiry through dialogue has its roots even during the time that Cecil was teaching English language in the late 1950s. Let's listen to what Cecil told me. What went on during the lesson would be discussed by these four girls, starting with one of them explaining to the other three what she understood from that lesson. The other three would listen very carefully to see if she has misunderstood or misinterpreted what was taught. That would then determine whether they themselves have been attentive and they themselves have heard correctly. And having that ability to correct the others would give them confidence about what they have picked up. Is there another way? Yes, by putting sentences on the board, that way everybody gets to see what is right, what is correct. They also discover whether they have listened accurately to what was taught. And when they discuss among themselves and teach one another and correct one another, they gain confidence, at least about what they have picked up. By discussing with one another, or rather correcting one another, they would have to listen to one another, listen attentively, and at the same time, be sharp enough to pick out the mistakes that are made should they not have done so. Having heard Cecil's views, what do we make of Cecil's approach to oracy development in her students? This is a question I've asked myself. And my response is that in addition to practicing inquiry through dialogue, Cecil had encouraged the growth of inquirer dispositions in her students while having them orally interact with one another. She had nurtured in them metacognitive learner strategies. And I regard Cecil as a trailblazer in her classroom practice of oracy development. She was also clearly aligned with the emphasis made in the planned curriculum. To all colleagues involved in the teaching of English language and who lead others in it, let us be trailblazers in our classrooms so that together we will develop effective and effective language use in our students. Dr. Tay, thank you for taking the time to give your insights into the focus and emphasis in English language teaching and learning over the decades from the 1950s to the present. You're most welcome, Audrey. Thank you for listening to this episode on the developments in English language teaching and learning in Singapore, featuring Principal Master Teacher Dr. Tay Mei Yin. You can look forward to episodes 3 and 4 in which you will find out more about language teaching and learning from the experiences of Dr. Christina Ratnam and Mrs. Rebecca Mock. If you have yet to listen to episode 1, we have included the link to it in the show notes. This episode's show notes can be found at go.gov.sg forward slash ELIS podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>